everybody, and welcome to The Makers in Minnesota. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and I like talking to cool people doing cool things throughout the state. We talk to makers of all kinds, makers in the food space, makers in the tech space, people that are entrepreneurs, that are in the aiding of fellow entrepreneurs is sort of our subject today. I am talking to Lily Shaw, and she is the um, Director of Client Experience, which is such a great title. I want to have that of Startup Space, as well as the producer and co-facilitator of Co-Starters. And Lily, you are also working with Forge North. So you are kind of, we'll call you the champion of the entrepreneurial spirit in lots of different ways here. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Yeah, it's great to talk to you because I came across you, Tamara Prado, who was the executive director over at James J. Hill, connected me to you first, I think. And you guys have a program that James J. Hill that facilitated there, and it just started, and it's a cohort for entrepreneurs. Can you tell people about that program so that if they're looking to the next cohort, they might know what that looks like or what to expect. Absolutely. So Co-Starters in Minnesota is a nine-week program that takes somebody that has an idea to a business model. And I say business model very specifically because it's not a business plan. We want to help them build a base to ensure that they have streams of revenue and they can actually cover their bottom line. So over the course of nine weeks, we meet once a week and we dig real deep pardon me, into what they need to do to ensure that they have a strong foundation. And so to be involved with the program, there's actually only three things you need. You need an idea. You need to want to talk about that idea and share and be able to share that idea. Mm -hmm. And you need to be willing to work on that idea. And that's really all. And we get a variety of people from either they've just started or they just, I've always wanted to do this, or they've been doing it for a while and they never built that foundation and they want to pivot and relook at it. So it's really an opportunity for them to dig in. And let me tell you, success is not always that they're going to go out and make that idea happen because they might find out there's not a customer base for it. Right. That the And, and wow, how helpful would that be? A lot of ideas incubate and then people kind of start and then they figure out, and this is, I guess, just part of the entrepreneur experience. Some of the things that the assumptions you made aren't true or they don't come to fruition. And then you're kind of stuck. If you could do some of this work in advance and figure out how to reshape or pivot your idea or that maybe, I mean, I've, my husband and I have started a lot of businesses and some of the businesses were great ideas, but they just didn't have the market that we thought. Yeah, and that's exactly, we we try to really strip down and focus and simplify, take away all the jargon, take away all the acronyms and really get down to how are you solving a problem and who's your customer. And so it's a great opportunity. Also, we get this diverse group of individuals together. And it's really important to say that CoStarters is a facilitated discussion, right? With with awesome resources and fantastic curriculum, but it's really a facilitated conversation with the excellence in the room because everybody brings a very particular perspective and they might be each other's customers. They might be each other's business partners, but it's really important to also build community in this space because so often entrepreneurs are very siloed and by themselves. And by building this community, we're really developing what our ecosystem is and our culture and bringing each other to the next level. 
So can you explain in the course of the facilitated conversation over the course of weeks, are you exposing them to marketing help, investor help? Like who are the literal experts in the room? Not like who as in the name of the people, but the types of people. Yeah. So um, each week it has uh, kind of the same format. We bring in a guest speaker and we have this like sort of fireside chat with mm-hmm. them uh, for the, about the first hour. Uh, each week is specific to that guest is specific to the subject matter that's going to be discussed. So, for example, this coming Wednesday, uh, we're going to be talking about um, customer. How did the customer help define your um, how you grew your business, and did it make you change aspects of your business as you got more specific about your customer? And so, we're going to have Janita Flowers come in, which sure. I haven't even announced to my group yet. So, uh, Janita Flowers is going to come in and talk about. Her her evolution of her business and how the customer really uh, sort of motivated and changed how she moved through her business. That's Janita's Jars. We did a Makers podcast with her previously, so I will link that in the show notes if you want to check that out. She's got a really amazing story going from being a domestic abuse victim, a mom, to launching this cookie company that I think has evolved along the way into a little bit more of a fundraising model and... um, it's just, it's a very interesting story. She's a real go-getter. Yeah. So having a conversation with her and letting them ask questions. Um, and then we dig into who our customer is. And what's so great about CoStarters is that it was originally, so CoStarters is a national program mm-hmm. that was started out of Chattanooga. And it was originally created for artists because they always say, oh, artists don't know anything about business. Sure. And they found out, well, either do entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> And that even if you have an MBA, you need to get past theory and actually into activating and making th- stuff happen. And so they started doing this program with entrepreneurs. But the thing that didn't leave was that creative element. So there's a lot of, um, we have markers. We do a lot of exercises. I love markers. Yeah. So we we have exercises. And then um, we there's also what's great within the curriculum is they have created these scenarios that allow us to, if somebody's not ready to make it about their business, we have these scenarios that we go through that help sort of give example of how this could be used or how to look at it in a different way. Oftentimes, though, this is where the facilitation comes in. And Dina Simon, who is my co-facilitator, and she is the CEO of Simon Says Give and Simon Says Lead, she is fantastic about bringing out where the individuals in the room are. Uh, and and their expertise of where they are. And then we can talk about an actual um, business that is moving and growing. How many times have you done this series? Yeah. So this is the fourth time now that we'll be doing it here. Uh, We started the license two years ago. We're the only ones that hold it in the state of Minnesota. And thankfully, the James J. Hill Center really realized, Tamara specifically, really realized the quality of having this in our community, that there was a gap in this sort of idea phase, um, and that Oftentimes, like lunar startups or uh, generator, they have to turn so many people away. It's like, what are those people that are turned away? Because they have specific numbers that they can serve. Sure. And those incubators and accelerators are amazing. Uh, it's really fantastic to have those for our community. But what about those people that aren't ready yet? And I'd like to get people ready for them so that when somebody comes in, they've a- already asked some of those beginning preliminary questions and have that foundational base so then they can truly accelerate or truly, you know, really move forward in a stronger manner. 
What is it in your background that makes you want to do this work? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, uh, so I come from a creative background. I was actually a performer in Chicago for really? years. I was. What kind of performer? Like a singer? St- or? Stage actress. Okay. Yeah, mostly Shakespeare. Uh, I went to the theater school at DePaul University um, and started performing right after, right out of school. And, you know, the one thing that was always challenging is that they don't teach you about business in theater school. Yeah. And so after I got out of school, I could not afford to go back and get my master's. And so I decided to just start putting the people that I needed, the information that I needed to learn, and I would produce classes. And so I wanted to understand how to manage my money. And so I got David Turrentine, who still does all the taxes and money management for artists in Chicago. I got him to teach a class and I got a whole bunch of people in the room and we did a class. And then there were, so I was an entrepreneur and I didn't realize I was. Sure. And so I kept producing classes of, of things that I wanted to do. And then I didn't want to be a waitress and an actress. I just wanted to be an actress. And so I got together with a group of people and we produced, um, uh, it was called Sketchbook through Collaboration, and it was a, a short play festival that integrated um, not only visual art but written art and um, and music as well. And it was this great big huge event that we decided we were going to produce, and it was like me and five other people. And I sort sort of got thrown the press list, and because I knew how to. Sp- send jpegs yep (laughs) so so all of a sudden i had this press list and before i knew it i actually all of a sudden had press clients and and pr experience experience. and so i was all i've always been doing these like solving problems uh for my own life uh and i always um i would have these partners that i would just elevate with their idea and they'd run off and do their idea and so i just always realized that there's been so many times in my life that i have been either solving a problem problem or elevating somebody to their next level, that when I, and so I went on from acting and went into PR, I went into, um, I, I then worked at the Guthrie Theater in the mm-hmm. education department. So I've just sort of fluttered through all these things. And when I landed at the James J. Hill Center and I started um, really uh, being immersed in the entrepreneurial community, something clicked. And I really felt an affinity for entrepreneurs. Artists are entrepreneurs, but it's different. It's very singular mm-hmm. thought, right? I mean, you're, it's very, I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to be on stage. I'm, you know, it's different. What's so fantastic about these other entrepreneurs, this world that I didn't know existed, is the ideas and the problem solving across the board. There's such diverse and interesting individuals. These people with this passion to to make something happen and to create jobs and yes. to elevate a community and to be creating a lifestyle for themselves, for the people that work for them. That's the part of entrepreneurship that when you get it, it's so cool. Yeah. And also so, so stressful though, too, because yeah. you lay in bed like, oh my God, these people that are working for me, how do I keep it going? Uh, it, yes. Yes. But I, so I'm just, I have been really empowered by it. And, you know, when I moved on from the Hill, basically what I did, I just threw a net out there to all these people I've had these relationships with. And I just didn't realize I would get so many fish in my net. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm just, you know, I'm just iterating and watching and listening and working on all of these projects and it's growing. And my work with Startup Space has also been an awesome experience. So you're... A freelancer, as it were, 
putting together yeah. these experiences and putting yourself in the right place to communicate and to connect with these people, these entrepreneurs will call them. Um, <laughs> startup Space, can you tell what the director of client experience is and what Startup Space is? Yeah, so Startup Space is, um, it's actually a tech platform, but it is a platform that interconnects entrepreneurs to resources, events, knowledge, connectivity, and it is an ecosystem builder. And it is, it goes beyond tech. It's actually relational in this fantastic way. And it takes all these components that currently exist and gets away. It gets sort of gets rid of all the BS around them and instead just allows it to be a support system for an entrepreneur. So it's free for entrepreneurs and they can download it um, and use it as an app. Where do they go? Just to the app? Yep. To the app store, startup space and just download startup space. And what it does is in the state of Minnesota, which is, is what's so exciting. And I kind of have to back up on how I found Startup Space sure. because I just love how everything's interconnected. So about, it be about nine months ago, um, I'm the, the lead organizer for One Million Cups. Mm-hmm. And One Million Cups basically is, uh, a, uh, it, it's an event that allows entrepreneurs to present and connect with the community. And so we did it at uh, James J. Hill Center and now I do it at the Glenn Nelson Center. And so about nine months ago, uh, David Poonraj from Florida um, applied to present. And it was from every once in a while, we let people who aren't local present. Mm -hmm. And he immediately called me. He's like, before I come and present, who do I need to meet in Minnesota when I'm there? And I said, oh, I'd never had anybody be so like proactive. Yeah. About clear about their mission. Exactly. And I said, well, let me think about that. And I knew about uh, Forge North and that that was that initiative was starting and Forge North was going to, you know, connect the ecosystem. And that was what their purpose was. And I knew that they were looking for something to connect their resources. And I was like, okay, I think I know who you need to meet. And so what I didn't know is that David had actually presented at 20 different 1 million cups around the country. And that's how he grew his business. So he came and immediately I was like, this is amazing. And I introduced him to Tamara and then I introduced him to Meg Steer at uh, Forge North. And immediately before he left, she's like, yes, we're going to do this here in Minnesota. We're going to do it in the entire state of Minnesota. We're going to connect the entire state to the resources they want. And so at that point, I became like sort of this ambassador for Startup Space and just helping Meg figure it out and just sort of connecting it. And then when I completed my position at the Hill, uh, David reached out to me and he was like, I want you to work for me. I want you to, to actually do Startup Space. You've been what, you know, an ambassador for us uh, for the past several months. And so then he's, he's like, what do you want to be? I was like, uh, uh, I don't know. He's about, well... I said, I want to make people feel good. He's like, okay, how about director of client experience? I'm like, ooh, that's yummy. (laughs) So do you, as the director of client experience, are you specifically based in Minnesota or will Mm -hmm. you go on the road and try to help him launch these in other communities too? Yeah, yeah. so I'm specifically in Minnesota, but I am going on the road. So I have already been in uh, several communities. Uh, Recently, this last week, we were in Detroit Mm -hmm. um, for uh, a launch of an initiative called NEI for the Western um, Michigan. And 
so we were there to work with the community to onboard them onto startup space and to talk about the opportunities that the way start, startup space could be used. I have to tell you that Detroit is one of the places that I've been in the last five years that has just stuck in my mind. I loved it so much. The irony of being, you know, in the backyard of Ford and Henry Ford and all of the things that he built in the automotive industry but also Motown and the creative presence there. And to visit that city that is rebuilding from being a manufacturing city to some manufacturing still, but also collaborative and creative spaces, there is so much unused space in the city of Detroit, space that was abandoned once the market collapsed. And people are coming back into those spaces and creating new industries, the sewing community there that's burgeoning for the American-made market. A friend of mine um, works at Shinola there and what they're doing to re-engineer manufacturing in United States. It is such a cool space. I just loved it there. I can't wait to go back. Uh, I was, so I had not... So I visited Detroit many, many years Mm -hmm. ago and um, hadn't been there since. And the resilience... And the 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 motivation of the the people there. So they they brought together all the resources that would basically be high be on startup space. So this, it wasn't particularly the entrepreneurs, though. Automatically, there's entrepreneurs sure. in the room, you know. And the inclusive conversations they had, the vulnerability that they shared. I mean, there was about 150 people in the room that were from you know all across that that region, and their relationships and their interconnectivity and their purpose to move their community forward. It was inspiring. It was really, um, there were several moments where I was like verklempt. I was like, oh my Abs- God. I felt the same way. Actually, it, you can see it in the entrepreneurial spirit and what is being built, but then you also can see it trickling into the neighborhoods and how those are gentrifying and how they're being very careful to create and reinvigorate these this housing stock that's been laying dormant for, you know, since the 70s, really. Mm-hmm. And yet wanting to bring the existing neighborhoods along. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like all the new cool techies are moving in and moving everybody out. They're really being thoughtful about trying to bring that generation of existing people that have stayed in Detroit. And how do you bring those people along too? The farmer's market community there was unlike any other I'd ever seen. And I've yeah. been around the block in farmer's <laughs> market world. It was so diverse, so eclectic, so involved. And and even like the music and the creative scene, I was stunned at how small the Motown Museum was. Like oh, it was yeah, just a house. I know. And I while know. that's super cool, I was stunned that someone hadn't built up a two and a half million dollar museum around that house mm-hmm. because that history and that legacy is so rich. But it's just been a place that's really been depleted. And it is super cool. I had the same feeling. Yeah. Just sitting in a coffee shop, sitting in a record shop. Actually, we were in a place doing karaoke one day, one afternoon, yeah. and Martha Reeves from Martha Reeves and the Vandals came in and sang Dancing in the Street with us in karaoke because a lot of those Motown people still live there, I right? Love the that. people that made the hits, they live there. That's their community. So I could go on and on about yeah. Detroit. Oh, but yeah. It was such if an you're honor. you're looking for a great four-year, yeah. 
and the art too. Yeah. Like oh, how God. much art mm-hmm. amassed there because of the automotive wealth. Yep. Yeah, I, I feel really honored to be a part of Startup Space and be there to help support that interconnect, that community. It's it's really cool. So that was that was one of the, one of the spaces. And we also we have Pasco County in Florida coming up. Uh, Denver is one of our um, one of our biggest communities right now. Um, and so Startup Space overall for the entire uh, United States, we have over I think we're almost up to nine thousand entrepreneurs on the platform. Cool. And uh, with Minnesota, we um, okay, I'm continuing to work with Forge North, and we have um, over 250 resources on the platform. And then we have partners such as the SBA and Social Enterprise Alliance as well that also have these connectivity hubs. So if you're an entrepreneur listening to this program right away, you need no. to just download this app. So download let's it. Just start there. Yep, and go into. Um, uh, the ask for help section, and it doesn't just have to be ask for help. Go in and introduce yourself to the community. The more entrepreneurs we get in that space, the more access to um, to advice and to support um, that we will be able to have because it's it's for the community by the community. Truly, you've been doing the um, co starters for this is your fourth round. Yes. Can you give me a story or two about people that you met that have used this to really launch their business? Yes. Yes. Okay. So let me, let me think. There's so many. I want to try to think of uh, a couple of good ones. All right. So uh, Bren Hampton had an idea to, one of the, it's, her company is called White Wallsey, and she had moved into uh, an apartment at one point in time and she was sitting down looking at white walls and she wanted to not just put, uh, you know, purchased art Mm -hmm. upon her walls. She wanted to actually put real art and she knew the wealth of artists that we had in our community and she found it hard as somebody that just, you know, basic median income to be able to find art to put on her walls. And so she started reaching out to artists actually on Craigslist was the first place that she reached out to, um, to be able to lease art and put it on her walls. And so through this sort of process, uh, uh, she realized that she had an idea of a problem that she wanted to solve. And that was to have original art and access to original art, affordable original art of varying prices. And so she put together White Wallsy. She came to um, co-starters. She applied for co-starters and she went through the program and she has continued to grow the amount of artists and the amount of customers that she has. Uh, incrementally, she's still growing. I mean, she's still, as all entrepreneurs, evolving and trying to scale and trying to make that be her only, uh, her only form of income. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've just found her uh, persistence and her... Um, her desire to do this and to make art accessible for everyone, uh, a really, um, awesome, awesome thing. I, I'm one of these people that walks around at night and looks in your windows. <laughs> <laughs> I like like looking inside other people's houses and I'm always stunned at how little art people yeah. have. Yeah. And I think, is it like that they don't, trust their instincts about what they like or even like you know putting your own photographs on the wall like people just don't put things on their walls and it's maybe it's access I don't know because art just like if you love something and it could be a mirror that's I mean a million things can be art right yeah I'm just like, wow, how do all these people live in these houses without art on the walls? You know, I, 
I'm the opposite. I have so much on my walls. I do too. We are like cycling through and like, okay, we've been staring at that picture now for four years. And you know what? I really don't like it anymore. Let's get rid of it. My, my goal is actually to have as much original art on my wall as I can. So we actually cycle out like, oh, we've had this for this map framed map for a while yes. let's, put a, let's put a real piece of art on the wall and the the thing I loved about what Bren was doing is that she was just creating this access to that you can afford to do yeah, this you just need to yeah. find the right artist or find the right pieces or well, and she also what she does is she builds a relationship with the art she she basically gives the owner a relational understanding of who this artist is. So this is who's on, this is who's created this. This is why they made this. This is the story behind it, which I think that to me is also really interesting. I uh, work on the Stone Arch Festival and also on Art in Bayfront Park in Duluth. And I always try to buy something at the festival just because I can sit and I can talk to the artist and I can know why they made it, where they come from. Mm -hmm. And so much of art is inspired by the place too, where people Mm -hmm. find themselves. Yeah. So up in Duluth, you know, you can just get really different art people inspired by nature there that we just don't see here mm-hmm. necessarily not living on the lake like that. Mm-hmm. It's just art is makes you feel happy. So that's a cool story. It does. It does. All right. So White Wallsy. White Wallsy. Uh, do you have another story you'd like to share before we you know, wrap let, up? Let me think of it. I, like, I, I hate to be partial. Uh, you know, I understand. Like, it's like asking you to I'd choose like to your say, favorite children. I know. It's so bad. I'd love to say every single one because they're you know, we have inventors, we have um, people that are creating technology, we've got people who are uh, trying to make a gaming restaurant. Uh, We've got, you know, there's so many people that have come out of this program. And it's not just one type of problem they're looking to solve. It's it's also what they're passionate about. And so it's hard to like, pick and choose. Um, Let me see who's I'm trying to think of something that would be different than White Wallsy. So the other entrepreneur that I am extremely inspired by and just her whole journey um, moves me is um, Dawn Redding, who uh, created Gloves Up. And it is an organization to a, a gift of encouragement during a period of time that is challenging. And so Dawn's whole story comes from she had uh, a co-worker um, a, a male coworker uh-huh. that was diagnosed with cancer and she didn't, and he was given a very specific time to live and she didn't want to give him flowers, right? She said, why would I give him flowers? What am I, you know, I want to give him something that's going to move him or motivate him to fight this. Right. And so she, she had this idea about a, a pair of boxing gloves. Sure. Um, and so, she sort of thought about it, but just was like, oh, that's not, I can't do that. You know, so she didn't do it. And he, he passed. And then the, there was another individual that had cancer. And so this time she said, I- I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to find some boxing gloves and I'm going to give her a gift to keep up the fight. You know, so anyway, over a course of time, her desire to create a gift that was, I mean, it's about boxing gloves, right? right I'm, Boxing gloves exist, mm-hmm. but she repurposed what they would be. And so she now has this organization, which has a, a series of three different sizes of boxing gloves. And they're signed uh, with a, a, a words of encouragement. Um, and they are delivered to individuals to keep up the fight. And she's got these people 
all over the country that are anything from somebody who is a recovering addict, somebody who is um, uh, had their first baby. I mean, there's all these different stories sure. that she gets of these individuals that are are moving through something, and her gift of encouragement to keep up the fight is um, has motivated them to continue to move on. And so her big thing, she says, well, I just love the stories. He's like, I, I, she's like, I love hearing how this little gift has moved them forward. And also she said that she wanted to be able to provide a gift that made her feel like a hero. Mm -hmm. Like she was involved in sort of catapulting them forward. And so that's, it came out of that as well. And I just, her connection to it. And this is somebody who currently she has a full-time job mm -hmm. and then she created this and now it's really taking off and she's, you know, having to look at how do I manage this? She's got the children's, um, hospital, um, is, is purchasing wholesale to be mm -hmm. able to give, give some encouragement to the kids. And I, I just love that this came from such a personal space. And then she has a very personal story that I, I don't feel comfortable like sharing sure. but her story to share her story to share, but it is, um, been an ongoing journey for her and she's created into this just beautiful beautiful um, result and so if you're ever looking for a gift of encouragement <laughs> that's really interesting because um I'm a cancer survivor and people ask me a lot like well what should people want to do something but they don't know what to do even you you'd think that I'd be like an expert at this having been through it and also having people ask me all the time but it's always evolving right and then the next person you know gets cancer and they're completely different. And those solutions of what you thought would work aren't necessarily for them. Um, I right now have a neighbor that they're both dying of cancer and they're in their early 60s. Ugh. And they're going at about the same rate, the same time. And it's such a sad and tragic story. And yet, you know, they need things like soup and they yeah. need things like someone to come over and vacuum and yeah. just some yeah. really basic things. I'm like, huh. I know I don't want to bother them, but yeah. like I could vacuum. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, can I come over and bring you some dinner and I'll just vacuum and you guys can stay upstairs. I'll vacuum the basement. Oh, and then so the good. next day I'll come over while you're at treatment and I'll vacuum the upstairs. Like people just sometimes need help. And I do think that people, when someone has a tragedy, they're trying to figure out how to be that help yeah. and not be intrusive. And yeah. so something that represents that, uh, the boxing gloves is a really cute idea. Yeah. 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 So when people hear you mm. and meet you, what do you want them to be left with? Because you're an entrepreneur yourself. Mm. And as they listen to this podcast, we know that we're going to ask them to download Startup Space. Yes. We know that we will link to co-starters for, uh, do you have your next cohort date signed up? Not yet. Okay. We're going to be, we're going to have four cohorts in um, 2020. Okay, so what I'm going to do is connect you to Lily so that if that's something that's interesting to you because the current cohort is happening, but then you could sign up for the next ones. Yep. Um, what What is it that you want people to, that are entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast, what is the final like message you want to leave them with? Because you do seem very inspired by entrepreneurial stories. Yeah, yeah. I guess I just want people to... I want them to be motivated to keep moving forward. I want them to feel like there is a, a culture and an ecosystem that supports them. I want them to feel like we're, we're working on it 
We're trying to put it in a place so it's an easier journey for you. And I want them to feel inspired to move forward because entrepreneurs, small business owners, people with ideas are what is going to build our economic stability, is going to build our community, and is going to make us a better place to live. And I am continually inspired with people who have ideas and a solution to a problem because we're all going to have problems as of this world. Right. Uh, and, and I am inspired by the people who have the guts and the energy and the desire and the passion to move that forward. So I want to encourage anyone with an idea, run for it, do it. I want to encourage entrepreneurs to connect with other entrepreneurs. There is a support system for you and, uh, we are there to, to keep your dream alive. Me too. You said it so good. Me too. I keep doing this podcast and someone said the other day, like, well, haven't you talked to everybody and why do you keep doing it? I'm like, I don't know. I just like sitting and talking to people and getting their stories. And if you're out there and you have an idea or you want to talk to me or you're a maker and you feel like you need a little um, inspiration or just you want to tell your story, please reach out to me because I'm always looking for stories. And you guys, makers is a broad term. You can be a maker that is in the service industry. You can be a maker that's making an app. You can be a maker that's making a food product. As long as you can present your story and I find it interesting, I'll talk to you. I am. I think creativity is is abounding in this town. You talk about the theater community. You're making stuff every day when you're an actor or whether you're a graphic designer. There's just so many cool stories and how people get inspired. And that is why we do this podcast Thank you for being on it. You've been a great guest. And I want everybody to check out the show notes because I'll put links to White Wallsy. I'll put links to Gloves Up, a startup space, co-starters, and... One Million Cups. One Million Cups. And I'll put a link for Forge North as well. Absolutely. All right. So check it out. Thanks. Thank you.